Welcome to the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler teaches the good news of Jesus Christ and biblical Christian principles that empower all people with real-life timeless applications for daily kingdom living. Now here's your host, Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler, sharing kingdom truths for kingdom living. Well, praise the name of the Lord, everybody. We are excited about God's word on this day. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your word. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We pray for every online listener that they will hear your word and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to continue our sermon series titled, The True Gospel of Salvation. I will be reading in your hearing from the New American Standard Version of the Bible, Galatians chapter 2, verses 15 to 21. We are Jews by nature and not sinners from among the Gentiles. Nevertheless, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, since by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. But if while seeking to be justified in Christ, we ourselves have also been found sinners, is Christ then a minister of sin? May it never be. For if I rebuild what I have once destroyed, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. For I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. In our previous lessons, we learned that the true gospel of salvation is for all mankind, number one. Number two, it is not by works. Number three, it's in faith alone. Number four, it's in Christ alone. Our salvation depends solely on the person and finished work of Jesus Christ. Number five, the true gospel of salvation does not promote sin. Number six, it tears down the law. Number seven, the true gospel of salvation liberates us. And number eight, the true gospel of salvation unites us with Christ. Now let's go back to our foundational text, Galatians 2.20, and it reads, And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Number nine, the true gospel of salvation changes us. The word live in this verse is repeated three times. And it means to breathe or to be among the living, to enjoy real life, to be active or blessed. No longer in this verse simply means no further. Before the apostle Paul trusted the Lord Jesus by faith, he was persecuting the church. 
But then after he called upon the name of the Lord, he was changed. Even his name was changed from Saul to Paul. He was now no longer living for himself and not operating in his own strength. He had put death to self-righteousness and self-centeredness. And now he was seeking to draw near to a holy God and not on the basis of his own works of righteousness. The apostle Paul understood what it meant to be united with Christ and to have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ is our righteousness. And after salvation, we too are changed. Our life is not our own anymore. We are in Christ. We are joined to Christ. And as we mentioned before in a previous lesson, when we unite with Christ, we are never ever the same person again. We are changed. And there's a description of the change that takes place in Galatians 2.20, it states, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The change is now Christ lives in us. The word lives here is the present active tense. So it simply means he keeps on living in us. He is active in us at every second of the day, in every moment. One commentary stated, I live, but in the sense it is not I who live, not I in my own strength, who achieves. Instead, Christ lives in me. That is incredible. And because of the wonderful change that takes place in our lives, we don't want people to look at us anymore according to the flesh or according to our accolades or our achievements or accomplishments. That is who we used to be. It used to be I and not Christ, but now it's not I anymore, but Christ. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. He defines us as a Christian. And in the case of Apostle Paul, he was a Jew and a Pharisee, a Hebrew. But now his life is totally changed and he recognizes it. And he knows that he owes it all to Jesus. And we too, we owe it all to Jesus. The scripture declares in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that we go from glory to glory. It reads, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Lord, the spirit. It is so beautiful. It is a life that honors Christ. We put Christ on display in our lives when he changes us. He shines through us. He radiates his glory through us. And it is the spiritual glory of Jesus Christ living in us that changes us. And it's a noticeable change. It's a permanent change. It's an eternal change. It's Jesus Christ. He makes us more like him. It is something that the law could not do for us because the true gospel of salvation changes us. Let's go back to our foundational text, Galatians 2.20. And it reads, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God. The true gospel of salvation, number 10, is a life of faith. The word life here refers to the natural man from cradle to grave. The flesh refers to the whole nature of man. Our flesh is not justified by the works of the law. 
Within this life in the flesh, however, there is a life of faith. Faith is defined as trust, belief, a strong conviction relating to God and relating to Jesus Christ. Faith is simply taking God at his word. And the Lord is speaking to us very clearly today. It is no longer works, the law, or legalism, but it's our faith that we live our new life in him. It's by faith that we believe our salvation, which is complete in time and in eternity. We trust and obey Jesus Christ. We walk in loving obedience and continually totally relying and depending on the person and work of Jesus Christ. He lives his life in us and through us. Christ is our life. He orders and controls our lives. And it is our faith that connects us personally and intimately with Christ Jesus. The word son of God here is one of the titles which the early Christians used to refer to Jesus Christ. Faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He did it all. We are justified by simply trusting Christ, the one who did it all for us on the cross. Now that is truly a life of faith. It's a beautiful life. It's a meaningful life. It's a purposeful life. Galatians 3.11 states, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. Romans 1.17 declares, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. According to 2 Corinthians 5.7, we fight the good fight of faith. According to 1 Timothy 6.12, the apostle Paul here is fighting the good fight of faith and fighting for the truth of the gospel. And we too must fight for the truth of the gospel and we must stand for the truth. And just as the apostle Paul, we must confront boldly face to face anyone who's promoting a false gospel. The word of God is just as relevant today as it was during the times this epistle was penned. We are people of faith. We have victory and we overcome the world because of our faith, according to 1 John 5, 4. And we can grow and increase our faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, according to Romans 10, 17. We can only please God when we engage and activate our faith. According to Hebrews eleven sixteen, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. The true gospel of salvation is a life of faith. Let's go back to our foundational text. The last part of the verse, Galatians 2, 20 declares, who loved me, Christ who loved me and gave himself up for me. Our next point is number 11. The true gospel of salvation is based on Christ's pure love. The word loved in this verse comes from the Greek word agapeo, which means to love unconditionally and sacrificially, reflecting the love of God himself. Agapeo does not describe an emotional love, but represents the act of one's will, which desires and seeks another's highest good. 
It also means to love dearly. The word gave in this verse is in the active voice. It simply means keeps on giving. Jesus Christ is the gift that keeps on giving. It also means to give into the hands of another, to deliver to one something to keep, to use, take care of, or to manage. Jesus Christ gave himself for us of his own volition. And here in this verse, the apostle Paul sees the love and sacrifice of the son of God as personal. We can observe in this verse that the word me is used twice. It stated who loved me and gave himself up for me. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is a personal relationship, is an intimate relationship. He did it and died for me. When Jesus gave up himself, which is the strongest proof of his love for all of us, it was something the law could not do. It was something religion could not do. God knew that the only way he could save us was to send his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. And like one of the songwriters wrote, it wasn't the nails that held him to the cross. It was his love that held him there. And that same love covers our sins. Jesus Christ, the person who demonstrated his love for us when he gave himself for us, we put our faith in him, the marvelous person of Jesus Christ. John 3.16 states, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's go back to our foundational text, Galatians 2 verse 21. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. The King James Version states, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. The word nullify means to do away with, to set aside or disregard, to reject or to make void. The word grace And this passage means goodwill, absolute loving kindness of God towards men, or unmerited favor. God's grace is a gift. It is God giving us what we do not deserve. Not one of us deserve his grace. The Apostle Paul states here, I will not reject or disregard or frustrate the grace of God. Peter, Barnabas, and all the other Jewish Christians that were following them were negating and frustrating the grace of God. They were believing the lies from the false brethren that returning to the law of Moses and circumcision was needed for salvation. They were frustrating the grace of God. Peter was joining in with these certain men that belonged to the circumcision party. They were promoting legalism and tradition and religion. And by doing that, they were frustrating the grace of God. They were delivered from the works of the law and they were set free from the bondage of the law. But by believing that they had to go back to the law for salvation and teaching this to the Gentile believers, they were frustrating the grace of God. And when Peter started separating himself from his Gentile Christian brothers and sisters and causing confusion and disunity, he was frustrating the grace of God. Peter knew better. 
And by his actions, he was teaching that there was a Jewish church and a Gentile church. And that is heresy. There's only one body, according to Ephesians 1.4. Peter was frustrating the grace of God. And the Lord is speaking to us through this Pauline epistle. When we develop racism and promote division and strife among our brothers and sisters, we too frustrate the grace of God. When we knowingly return to and practice unrighteousness and live in sin in any area of our lives, especially when we were once delivered from it, we are frustrating the grace of God. Sin is sin. There's no degree of sin. There's no little sin. There's no big sin. God hates sin. Sin enslaves us. It destroys us. And some of us, like Peter, we know better. We know right from wrong, but we want to do our own thing. We know that it was only God's grace that saved us and delivered us out of the mess that we were in. And according to James 4.17, so for one of you who knows to do the right thing and who does not do it, for him it is sin. We frustrate God's grace when we return to our sinful ways. We frustrate God's grace when we put religion before our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because religion is man trying to work his way to get to God. But our intimate personal relationship with Jesus just comes from trusting God and for what he has already done to redeem us through his son, Jesus Christ. The Lord redeemed us and bought us back from the slave market of sin and death. Romans 6.23 declares, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We frustrate the grace of God when we try to work our way to get God's approval or man's approval. That is works. That is legalism. There is nothing we can do to gain merit with God or with man. We frustrate the grace of God when we have a self-righteous attitude and we're holier than thou and we believe we can do no wrong. And like the old saying, we don't smoke, we don't drink or chew, and we don't run with those who do. Well, you might not smoke, you might not drink or chew, and you might not run with those who do, but I can rest assure you that there's one thing in your area, in your life that you are struggling with in the flesh, because Galatians 5, 17 states, for the flesh sets its desires against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. God is a God of grace. The Bible declares in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith and it is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. It is grace alone, through Christ alone, received by faith alone, that declares us righteous. The true gospel is the gospel of grace. Acts 20, 24 declares, this is the Apostle Paul, but I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel 
of the grace of God. And that verse ought to be the sentiment of our hearts and a prayer for the Lord to help us to finish the course and the ministry that he's given to us to testify of his grace. The apostle Paul has come to a conclusion in his rebuke towards Peter. And the truth of the matter is Peter just didn't get it. He was saved by the grace of God. He had proclaimed it in his own ministry. Why was Peter trying to add works? Why was he neglecting the gospel of grace? When we add works, then grace is no more grace. The law says do something. Grace says it's already done. And we must all come to this conclusion. We will not nullify our salvation by grace through faith and allow for any works at all. Romans 4, 4 declares, now to the one who works, the wages are not credited as a favor, but as what is due. God gives us his grace. We cannot earn it. We cannot buy it. We cannot work for it. God's grace was so beautifully manifested in Jesus. John 1, 14 declares, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 17 declares, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. The apostle Paul further declares in Galatians 2.21b, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died needlessly. If one could be saved by keeping the law, there was no need for Christ to die. If we could keep our salvation by obedience to the law or legalism, Christ died for nothing. Christ having died shows that the law has no power to justify us. None at all. If it were by our works, then Christ died needlessly. Salvation is by grace alone. The word declares in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. God's grace is sufficient for every good work. God's grace is a free gift. One commentary recorded the doctrine of the grace of God is one of the pillars of our Christian faith and it distinguishes us from every world religion. The true gospel of salvation is grace alone through Christ alone received by faith alone. And here are some practical applications for us for this lesson. Number one, Pray and ask the Lord to show you if there are any areas of legalism in your heart or human efforts or works that you're doing to gain merit with God and be honest with yourself. Number two, repent and ask for forgiveness. Number three, ask the Lord for strength to accept and receive the free gift of grace. Number four, be alert and vigilant and recognize immediately if the enemy tries to make you go backwards into performing works or any form of legalism, reject it immediately. Number five, invest time studying 
the word of God to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Number six, as you get stronger, share your faith and the good news of Jesus Christ to the lost Share your faith with your family members and to those who are in the church, because not everybody who's in the church is saved. So you may ask Bible teacher Tyler, who is this Jesus that you're talking about? Well, the Bible states in Romans 10, 9, if you shall confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for salvation that is taking place all around the globe. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Truth Podcast with Bible teacher Yolanda Tyler. Please subscribe to our podcast so you will know when the next episode is published. To hear more biblical teachings and give to support the ministry, please visit our website at www.thekingdomtruth.org. That is www.thekingdomtruth.org. God bless you until we meet again.